This episode of Saturday Morning Rewind is brought to you by Voice Chasers. Find out more about the voice actor you hear on this episode at voicechasers.com. Voice Chasers, celebrating the art of voice acting since 1996. Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind. A show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when Cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, Joe! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hey, what's up, everybody? Tim Nidell here from Saturday Morning Rewind, the show that takes you back to your childhood one interview at a time. Today's interview, wow, I I really don't know how to uh, introduce him because he is a legend in the field of voiceover. Um, If you grew up in the 80s, 90s, you grew up hearing him all the time. And I'm just going to say it, we have Alan Oppenheimer on today's episode. Of course, he was the voice of Skeletor on the original He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I'm not cold enough to fight you here, He-Man, but I'll leave you that pretty statue to remember me by! (laughs) He also voiced a million other voices on that show, such as Cringer. Cringer, stop! Well, I will as soon as I'm far enough away. And he also voiced Man-at-Arms. If Hovar's force field gives out before Teela can get that VHO there, and you can see for yourself, Adam, the animals will take over. And over on the Smurfs, he was Vanity Smurf. Well, I'll certainly go. This village needs more works of art besides just me. And in one of my favorite childhood movies, The NeverEnding Story, he was a voice of Rockbiter. Now I see why you picked this camp. A delicious-looking limestone rock. Nice bouquet. Must be a real vintage year. And my favorite, Falcor. I'm a luck dragon. My name is Falcor. I recently ran into Alan during Stanley's LA Comic Con, and he couldn't have been any sweeter. I I love this man so much, and uh, we even share a couple of tears at the end of the interview and after the interview. Uh, amazing, amazing time. I, I I I wouldn't trade this memory for anything, honestly. It's not every day you actually get hugged and a little kiss from Skeletor. Of course, I need to, I need to give a quick shout-out and a quick thanks to Neri and Chris from CelebWorks. Go check them out at CelebWorks.com. That's CelebWorks with an X at the end. But here it is, folks, my interview with the one and only Alan Oppenheimer. What was your first voiceover gig? My first voiceover, you mean my first cartoon, maybe? Yeah, let's do cartoons. That was at Hanna-Barbera, Valley of the Dinosaurs. I've never seen that. No, not too many people have. <laughs> but then I did other things. I did Nine Years of the Smurfs, where and I was yo, Vanity Smurf. Of course, of course. And on uh, Scooby-Doo, I played Scooby-Dumb. Uh, and uh, I did about three or four different series. Oh, I did guest appearances on, um, oh, what the hell's the name of it? Anyway, Hanna-Barbera. Then I went and auditioned at uh, Filmation for He-Man, Master of the Universe. And I got Skeletor and Merman 
and Cringer and Man at Arms. Sometimes all in the same episode. And I hear you did them. You did them at one time. No, I talked to myself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, which I love doing. <laughs> oh, Merman! What do you want from me? Well, I'll talk to him that way. I'll talk to him any way I want. I love doing that. <laughs> and that was easier for you to do it that way, then. Yes. Yes, I knew what to expect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can respond better that way yes. as the character. Yes. And Let's it's more fun. Now, Vanity—that's definitely a character that we couldn't get away with nowadays. I don't think, with all oh, the political oh, yeah. correctness. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? He's just a little light in the loafers. <laughs> yeah, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. My cat's name is actually Cringer, after of course Cringer the cat, and I was in love with He-Man as, as a kid, and like most boys my age were. Tell me about Skeletor. Uh, when you first saw a picture of Skeletor, what did you think? And uh, how did how I did come you up with the voice? Exactly. Well, I saw the bony head, and immediately I thought of Nasal. I mean, you know, because of that. The laugh came, I have no idea how that happened. Uh, because I think the first episode, it was more of a serious villain. But I'm always looking for a comedy in the middle of drama, because that's what happens in life. I mean, you watch newscasts of people who were, who were uh, devastated by some tragedy, and very seldom do this, you see them weeping, bemoaning, crying the blues. Most of them are always like, well, we'll get, we'll get through it. They may even tell a joke. Yeah. And that's been kind of the way I've looked at life. Otherwise, I would have passed away a long time ago. <laughs> um, and so I just put the laugh in and it caught on. Yeah. The insults were written in, the beginning one, the royal boob and all of that. But then uh, Lou Scheimer said, well, uh, just throw in some of your own insults. So I threw in, I don't know, maybe 20 or 25 over time, and maybe two made the air. The rest of them were too dirty. They're on the floor. <laughs> oh, wow. Tell me about Lou Scheimer. What uh, was it like working under him? Marvelous man. Marvelous man. I found out after I'd worked for him a year, he was wearing a ring. I said, oh, my God. Did you go to Carnegie Tech? He said, yes, I was a painting and design major. He was on the second floor. I was on the first floor as a drama student. We were there at the same time. Oh, my gosh. And didn't know each other. Wow. It turns out that we also dated the same woman at different times. <laughs> Hopefully different times. I, said, I hope so. <laughs> and what about John Irwin? What was it like working with John? Oh, he's a great fun. He's very shy. He won't come out to these No, conventions. he won't. He won't do he interviews either. He will not do it. He yeah. will not do it. I've tried everything. Last time I called two weeks ago, I made him an offer he couldn't refuse that I got through uh, uh, Chris and Neary. Well, we'll go to his house or anywhere he wants, and he can sign autographs. He doesn't appear. He said, if you ever ask me to do anything like this again, I'll never talk to you. <laughs> he won't do it. That's amazing. A lot, yeah. of people are, a lot of voice actors are so humble, I find. That they He's don't, shy. Oh, yeah. He's shy. He's not humble. He's just shy. He says, I don't look like He-Man. I said, I don't look like Skeletor. So I don't know. I see, I see it a little bit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I guess I got to eat a little more. What about Lou when you would get behind the microphone to voice like Orko? What was Lou like as a, as a voice actor? Well, we weren't there. He, he, do, he did all that after we'd left. Okay. He would put in whatever characters he did. I think if he'd done it while we were there, we would have been critical and laughed at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wonderful man, wonderful. I know, too bad he passed away before I was able to get a hold of him. And a very difficult death. Very, yeah. 
Yeah, Alzheimer, Parkinson's, very difficult. When was the last time you saw him? About three weeks before he died. Wow. Went to his house for supper. He was really non-communicative and like a typical Alzheimer victim, words came out of his mouth he had no control over. Yeah. And it was, I was embarrassed and felt badly for him. So. Yeah. 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 It's a shame. Now, one of my favorite movies growing up was Never Ending Story. And of course, you voiced probably the majority of the the character, the creature voices, and everything like the yeah. Rockbiter, Falcor. I was hired for Falcor. And that's it. Yeah. And then when I was finished doing that, he said, "Oh, would you mind looking at this character, Rockbiter?" I said, "Okay." So I looked at that. I said, "Oh, I can do a voice for that." And they said, "Okay." I said, "Okay." He said, well, "Would you look at Gamork?" So I did that. Then I'm halfway out the door in Munich where we did it. He says, oh, could you come back and just do this little narration at the end of the movie? So he got four voices for the price of one. Wow. But I loved, I loved the movie, and I loved doing those. I heard you did it, recorded it one time, and they liked it. They were okay with that. But then you wanted to do it again to give it more heart. That's a very common thing, even in a, a series. I'm a fairly good critic of what I expect of myself. So after the first day... I said, can I have a playback? And he played it back. He said, oh, that's very good. Thank you. I said, no, no. I have to come back and do it again. Oh, but all right, we come back tomorrow. That's the version that you see. The first version, the first day, is technically precise and correct. But the second one has Falcor's feelings and heart. Yeah. And you can hear it. You can hear it. That's what makes the difference. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just... No, they, your characters made that movie for me as a kid. I can feel that heart as I hear those voices. Well, that's why I wanted to do it a second time. Yeah, and it definitely yeah. can tell, and it's yeah. an amazing movie. I had my kids watch it last week, and oh, they, oh. they loved it. They had three girls, they loved it. Well, I should so. do the rock biter for you now. Yes, please, please. Yes. Oh, Tim, oh, I love the Chula's Quartz. is so good. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's amazing. One of your characters I don't hear much talk about was on uh, Rescue Rangers, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, remember, what? remember working on Chippendale Rescue Rangers? What kind of Rangers? Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Geez, I don't remember that. You don't remember doing that? No. With the, the police chief dog? No, I'd have to pull that up somewhere. <laughs> I have no idea what I did on that. So many, so many voices you've done that it's hard to keep track of. Uh, well, somebody told me about the IMDB a few years ago, which I never heard of. And I looked at that and I said, I don't remember doing almost all of these things, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I remember doing a, a, a Brave Star, and I played Sheriff Scuzz on that. And he oh, had a cigar in his mouth. Yeah. You know. So, I, I did, you know, I did this kind of a thing like this. And then I realized I was really doing George C. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Whom wow. I worked with in the Hindenburg, by oh, the way. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful man. Now... Our show is about reliving childhood and everything. What was your childhood like? Did you enjoy oh. featured films, animated features, that kind of stuff? There were no animated. There was no television when I was a okay, kid. Okay, tell me about your I grew childhood. up with radio, and radio is what influenced me because I found that I, I was sick. I was in bed with double pneumonias before they had antibiotics. Okay. No, I was in an oxygen tent for nine months, so all I had was... The Hardy Boys series. Yes. And uh, listening to radio. And I, I, I love to imitate those people. I used to do Jack Benny, which is how Vanity Smurf started. I was oh. doing Jack Benny. 
and then it suddenly became very, very light. But it w- I really started doing Jack Benny That's as Vanity. That's amazing. Yeah. I can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, uh, Bogart and Jimmy Stewart, all those guys. Wow. And, yeah. So I, I heard a story where you said that a lot of people have approached you about thanking you for helping them with their childhood because they were suicidal, that kind of thing. For you me, heard that. It, mine is the opposite. I had a great childhood, but my dad passed away six years ago. I used these cartoons to cope. I went back to relive my childhood through these cartoons. And so without you and all of your hard work in, in animation, I don't know where I'd be, honestly. Do you know how much money you saved from going to analysis? <laughs> this was your analysis. It is. It, I, I, started, I, started the, I started my show because of the cartoons that I watched. That's wonderful. And when, when my dad passed away, I started the show a month after, and it helped me cope. So I want to thank you for everything you've done. You're going to make me cry, Tim. No, I'm, I'm going to give you a hug. Love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Right, I, thank you so much for the interview. Uh, can I have you close it out as Skeletor? I'm about to cry, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, I'm glad to have talked with you. <laughs> you boob, I don't know why I agreed to this in the first place, but I'm glad I did. And lots of good luck to you, and I really mean that, from Oppenheimer and Skeletor. Thank you so much, sir. You're a mensch. Thank you. I'm about to cry. Why'd you do that to me? <laughs> Thanks for listening to a Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.